Yo, 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 what's good? This is Craig Shapiro from the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast, and you are listening to the Brothers on Tennis. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And guess what, folks? We are coming at you with another comparison, folks. We got two of the greats of tennis. We're going to talk about their backgrounds. We're going to put them in. We're going to put them in the corners and we're going to let them come out and box it out, y'all. Box it out. <laughs> Bryce, what about it, man? What about it? We got some, we got some bangers today, man. We do. We have Andre Agassi versus Yvonne Lundell. And if you've listened to us for any period of time, you know that these are two of our favorites. Probably, you know, right behind Roger Federer, at least for me, Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agassi and Lundell are my two and three. And um, their careers, in terms of the level of success that they both had, it's very close. Uh, I I didn't really recognize how close a lot of their numbers were until I started looking at them. But, you know, no matter how this comes out, I have major love for both of these guys. Yeah, yeah. And for me, folks, I mean, Bryce definitely has been in the tennis game a bit longer than I have. So he he watched Lindell and, and definitely followed him and was a big fan of his. I came on a little bit later, as you all probably know, in the 90s. So Andre was my dude until Federer, of course, came. Um, so I know a, <laughs> I, I know a lot more about Andre's career, but funny enough, in, prep, in preparing for this episode, I was able to really look at those stats for Lindell. And like you said, Bryce, it's crazy how very, very close from a statistical standpoint these two players are. I mean, both of them, greats, both of them, incredible. Yeah, definitely. Now, they didn't exactly play in the same time period. Right. Their, their playing days overlapped a bit. So Lindell is about 10 years older than Andre Agassi. And so he went pro in 1978 and Agassi went pro in 1986. And so there's about, I think, six years there that they overlapped and they played each other and they played eight times right. uh, head to head. Uh, but I think, I, I don't know that you can really take anything away from, from the scores or their head to head matchups because it's six to two in Lindell's favor, but that's because Lindell won the first six and Agassi won the last two. And that makes a lot of sense in terms of how their careers overlap. So when Agassi first came on board, you know, Lindell was doing his thing. And so he kind of took care of Agassi. And and I shouldn't be casual like that because if you look at their matches, there were several of them that went three sets. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, then towards the end, when Lindell was kind of going down a bit, you know, Agassi took those last couple. So uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot that you can glean from that six to two uh, (laughs) because they really didn't play each other at the heights of both of their careers. Right, right. And it kind of speaks to some of the, the, you know, some of the other, I won't say rivalries, but some of the greats, how some are going out of the game as certain ones are coming in. So you don't really get that true, you know, uh, comparison, if you will, as it relates to how would they have matched up when both of them were in their prime. So that, unfortunately, we wouldn't, we, we won't see for the, for these two, but yeah. Lindo at least goes out and he's like, yeah, I, I beat him down six times. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, th- and then there are other things that you can't really compare because there were different times. 
I mean, if you look at, for example, the career prize money, yeah. you'll see that Lindell won about $21 million and Agassi won $31 million. Well, when Agassi came aboard, you know, Agassi, they were paying more right. than they were when Lindell played. So, and you'll see that across the board. Um, you look at how much Martina Navratilova won. Yep. But in terms of matches and tournaments, but when you look at the dollar amount, you know, it doesn't compare to what the ladies are winning now. But, um, and I know we'll probably talk about this at some other point, but Agassi probably made the majority of his money off the tennis court. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's where Agassi really, really shined was uh, off of the tennis court. That impact has been, it's been ridiculous, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you want to and start off in any category, Bryce, or you want to just kind of talk about the two of them as, as we're doing? Well, let's start off with the single statistics. And, and just to remind everyone before we, we get started, we're talking about two of the greats in the game. Yes. Uh, they are both members of the Hall of Fame. Uh, Lindell was inducted in 2001. Agassi was inducted in 2011. Yep. And um, so let's let's start talking about their their stats. Uh, do you want to go first with Agassi for singles? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, from a single standpoint, I mean, you know, his career, his winning percentage was 76%, and that to me is just so awesome and so impressive. 870 match wins versus 274 losses. I mean, 76%, that's pretty darn good, folks. Pretty darn good. <laughs> but uh, on the other side of the coin, Linda was like, I ain't impressed with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Linda won 81% of his matches. Crazy. And, um, and, and here's a crazy stat. Lindell is the only player that in five different years, his winning percentage was greater than 90%. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that is, if that isn't dominance, I, I don't know what is. I'm trying to tell you, man. That's, yeah, he, he did his thing, man. He definitely did his thing. And Andre, he came up, he had 60 titles, 60 career titles that he uh, earned and um, you know, he was number one for, I believe, 100 and, 101, 101 weeks. Mm -hmm. So, yep. you know, you got to give love to that stat. That stat. Um, but you, again, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you do. And, and, and those 60 titles really, you know, represent the 10th best for a male in, in, in tennis. Uh, but Lindell, he won 94. And he... <laughs> He's third best, only behind Jimmy Connors and Roger Federer. Uh, please let Roger Federer overtake <laughs> Jimmy Connors. Um, right? Somebody's going to be like, why don't you like Jimmy Connors? And mm -hmm. all I'm going to say is, mm -hmm. Arthur Ashe didn't like Jimmy Connors, so I'm going to leave that right there. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I don't know how you feel about Arthur Ashe, but, you know, no, anyway. Enough said. <laughs> But in, in, in comparison to Agassi's 101 weeks at number one, which is, uh, is amazing, Lindell was number one for 270 Good weeks. Lord. So that's almost three times as long. That's insane. And to put a cherry on top of that, Lindell ended the year number one four times. Nice. And Agassi was only able to accomplish that once. One time. Yeah. He was fighting with Pete, trying to get Pete off that daggone throne. <laughs> Good Lord. Right. 
And we ain't, we won't. Yeah, I was about to say I ain't gonna get Pete no shine on this one though. Uh, <laughs> but 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 you know what, Isaac? That's a good point because to me, one of the differences yep. between Lindell and Agassi is that Lindell won the rivalry with his chief rival, right? Which who was McEnroe. Yep. And I think he was what twenty-one to fifteen, mm-hmm. whereas Agassi's chief rival, who was Pete Sampras, he was fourteen and twenty. Right. Right. Yeah, he was taking a good number of L's, but I mean, at least a little more balanced, um, at least than what we're seeing from Rafa and Federer. But <laughs> <laughs> now, now, but wait a minute. Wait I a know, minute. I know. Yep. I Federer know. has Federer has won seven of the last eight. That's right. That's yes, he has. Yes, he has. He they got that so, backhand right. That Lubitsch's backhand. Come on. Right. Now. <laughs> yeah. So Nadal Nadal needs to tighten his game up. <laughs> Exactly. Yo, man, but let, yeah, Grand Slam wise. Now, this is where things begin to get a little bit interesting because yeah. both of them have eight Grand Slam tournament wins. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 from that standpoint, you look at them and you're like, hey, they got the same number. But there's a lot of differences if you're really looking at those numbers, because first and foremost, Agassi, apparently, you know, he had his most I guess his most popular and or favorite slam, if you will, from a results standpoint, was the Australian Open. And Bryce, what's crazy to me is, in my research, I found out that Agassi actually didn't even play the Australian Open the first eight years of his career. That's right. ridiculous, dude. It's right. like you're, you're most, you're, you know, the slam that you do the best in and you didn't even play it for the first eight years. Right. How could these numbers have? How how could this have impacted his numbers in your opinion? And and I'm and I'm sorry to kind of jump off of the Agassi Lundell thing, but yeah. you know, it, this that very point, uh, you know, for our listeners right now in the tennis world, the the four majors, the the Australian Open, the French Open, Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, you basically don't miss those tournaments unless you are injured. Right. And you can't play. I mean, if if you only play four tournaments a year, those are <laughs> those are the four tournaments you play. And back in the day, it didn't used to be like that. And and it became very clear to me recently when I was listening to an interview with Martina Navratilova. Right. And she was talking about the number of years that she and Chris Everett didn't play the French Open nor the Australian Open. Wow. She said she. I think Martina said there was maybe ten years she didn't play the Australian Open. So wow. when we look when we look at statistics like okay, Steffi Graf has twenty two or Serena has twenty three, yep. when you look at Chris and Martina sitting on eighteen and you think they skipped probably with the French Open and the Australian Open combined, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen Grand Slam appearances. Wow. Insane. Insane. It's they, kinda hard. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying it's kind of hard to compare. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they could have been hovering right around that 30 mark if you think about it. I mean, especially with Chrissy, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but on Clay, she wasn't no joke. Exactly. And going back to Agassi, you know, we all know that the first Grand Slam he won was Wimbledon, and that was another one that he didn't play yep. consistently exactly. in the beginning. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you know the number? How many times he he skipped Wimbledon? I don't. Uh, 
I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but just the fact that, again, eight Australians that he didn't play, he skipped a few Wimbledons. I mean, his Grand Slam tally could be so much different. So the fact that he did get eight is, is in my opinion, pretty darn incredible. And like I said, and as, and as far as Yvonne went, his eight are, are as equally impressive as well. Yeah, Yvonne did some very special things in the Grand Slams. One of the records that he has um, that I don't know if this will ever be broken is that he made it to eight U.S. Open finals in a row. Rafa has not even done that at the French. Yeah, that, yeah. So, I mean, so if you think about that, what it takes for eight years in a row just to make it to the finals is incredible. Um, but, you know, he won the French Open three times, the U.S. Open three times, the Australian Open twice, but he never was able to win Wimbledon, although he made it to the finals twice. Right. He lost to Becker in 86, and he lost to Pat Cash and 87, and then the next two years he made it to the semifinals where he lost to Becker both times. Now, as you remember, Becker was the beast at Wimbledon during that time. But, you know, for somebody who initially was very uncomfortable on grass, like they always say, if you make it to the semifinals of a major, you have the game to win it. That's right. It's other, it's other factors that kick in at that point. Right. And so... This is one of the areas where I do give Andre an edge because Andre was able to at least win each one of the majors at least once. So he has a career uh, grand slam where Lindell has kind of that hole there with, with Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Also, something that, you know, just to give Agassi his props, Agassi in grand slam finals was eight and seven. Right. So... 53%. So if you say he gets to a Grand Slam final, he has a 50-50 chance of winning it. Mm-hmm. Lindell was 8 and 11. And so that put him at 42%. So he did not perform quite as well. I I know that both of these players um, were kind of labeled as chokers initially because they <laughs> lost yep. their first three Grand Slam finals. And they were finals where really they were favored yep. to win. Um, and, uh, but we know once they got that train rolling, <laughs> right. They got right quick. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and I mean, another really interesting point, uh, to make is the fact that, you know, Andre does have a gold medal. I don't believe the Olympics, uh, at that point in time, I'm not sure that, uh, Yvonne even played the Olympics, right? I mean, they, they weren't, or were they around when he, when he was finishing up his career? Yeah, so he had an opportunity. Well, the the year that he would have really played the Olympics would have been 1988. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, and, you know, listeners, if you're not aware, Ivan Lindell is originally from Czechoslovakia. And although he's an American now, you know, he uh, was not an American uh, when the Olympics were going on. So in 1988, he refused to play for Czechoslovakia because he had really kind of separated himself from the country and he had not yet become an American. So he couldn't play for the U S so he ended up not playing. So that would have been his real opportunity to play in 1992. The Olympics rolled around again, but that's when Lundell started having those back issues. Mm -hmm. So he, he really uh, didn't have an opportunity to play then either, but 
yeah, uh, Agassi did get that gold uh, in singles in 1996, and, and that was huge. Right, right. And what's interesting, Bryson, I don't know how you want to categorize this. Some may see it as a, a positive, some may see it as a negative, I don't know. But when you look at the span of Grand Slams, it's like Lindell won his in a pretty nice little cluster. It was like a six-year window where he did his uh, Grand Slam tournament run. Whereas with Agassi, his span was almost double that, bro. He was 11 years between the start and the finish of him winning a Grand Slam tournament. So it goes to like you were talking about how Andre sort of had a, 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 a dual career or a second career, if you will. Right, yeah. I mean, and I think that's one of the key differences between the two. I mean, we often hear about, you know, is it a person's talent or is it a person's work ethic? And I think, you know, I don't think there's any question that Agassi was probably the more naturally gifted tennis player of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one who could show up in jeans and, <laughs> right? you know, and, and beat the best players in the world. And Lindell was the example of work ethic and dedication and being very driven and consistent and disciplined. And so I think, you know, because Lindell had that type of focus, when he got on, he was on. And he was like a bulldozer, and he just went through people. You know, Agassi, you know, he would come, he'd win, he'd leave, he'd go smoke crystal meth, he'd come back, (laughs) you know. All right. I mean, you know, and and I've I've said this before. Agassi really saved his legacy when he came back. Yes. Because when he left and got on the pipe, if he had never come back and played again, you know, I think he would have been viewed as a huge underachiever, all this talent, more flash than substance. Yep. Um, but, you know, that's why a career is a career. It's, it's not about how you start. It isn't about how you're doing in the middle. It's about how you finish. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I remember that match where I guess he was playing old, old crusty Jimmy uh, Connors. And uh, that, per- <laughs> that person in the crowd yelled out, uh, you know, he's a punk. You're a legend. And I know Andre's like, mm-hmm, who's the punk now? Get off me. Right. Get off me. Look at my stats. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I tell you what, I, one of my favorite Yvonne Lundell, Jimmy Connors stats is the day that he gave him two bagels. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, go put some cream cheese on that. <laughs> okay, we not we not, this is not about Jimmy Connors. We that, we are not we're not gonna get on that tangent. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And Bryce, do we want to talk about the Super Slam? Well, and, and before we get to that, yeah, yeah, so, go ahead. So let's talk about the year end championship. Yes, yes, that's right. So. So this would be another area where Lindell kind of had the edge. Yes. Agassi was able to win the year-end championships in, in 1990, which right. was great. Lindell won it five times. Yes, he did. And so, uh, you know, and that probably matches with the four times that he ended the year number one. Right. Uh, so, but yes, it, let's have this talk about the career super slam. Yeah, yeah, which you and I both, we, we, we saw that stat and we were talking about it. And that's, it's pretty interesting that Andre Agassi is literally the only person at this point in time to have the, what they are calling the Super Slam. And that's having won all four Grand Slams, 
an Olympic gold medal, as well as the year in championships. I honestly, like I said, I, when I was reading it, I, I instantly went to Djokovic because I was like, I think Djokovic has all of those, but he actually does nope. it. He does nope. not. No, he don't go on no gold. He needs some gold. <laughs> right. He's, he's actually just like Roger. Yep, exactly. You know, exactly. They're, they're both missing the uh, Olympic grand, I mean, the Olympic gold medal in singles. Right. Um, although, you know, Roger at least has a gold in doubles. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But, but we're talking about singles. We're talking about singles. Right. And then Nadal has never won the year in championship. Which is so crazy to me. But at the same time, I guess it's not because it's indoors. It's very yeah. fast, fast courts, low balancing. Right. So, yeah, they can get up on them pretty good on that one. Right. So, uh, so no, that's, that's an amazing um, thing. So, next year, if Djokovic or Federer ends up winning the gold in the Olympic singles, they will be the second person. Isn't that something? To have the the career super slam, career super slam. That's awesome, man. Crazy, crazy. Go ahead, Andre. <laughs> now and and then you know something else. This is kind of going back. You know, still talking about the Olympics, kind of. Um, this was something where Lindell once again, because of being in between Czechoslovakia and the United States, mm-hmm. he was unable to play the years of Davis Cup right. that Andre Agassi did, and and Agassi was. A part of three winning years, uh, 1990, 1992, and 1995. Uh, Lindell only won the Davis Cup in 1980 when he was associated still with Czechoslovakia. You know, very soon after that, you know, he, he wasn't playing for Czechoslovakia under any circumstance. Right. And he did not become an American citizen. It was either like late 87 or mid 88 or something like that. Um, and then at that point, you know, like, uh, I think Isaac, you and I were talking earlier, uh, I don't even know that he would have been picked for many Davis cup teams kind of after that, because at that point, now you started to look at this new crop of like Sampras and, and Courier and yep. Chang and Agassi and all, all of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he did get one. So, Hey, you can, you he did get one. Right. Check, check that box. Right. <laughs> And, yeah, and just and, and I know we've been talking this whole time about singles, but I, I do want to call out that Lendl did win six doubles titles mm-hmm. and was even ranked as high as number 20 in 1986. Yeah, yeah. Andre, in, in doubles. Yeah, Andre wasn't about that doubles life. <laughs> <laughs> he was not. <laughs> Although he's got one. He does have one title. And, uh-huh. but, but, yeah, the ranking-wise, that was about – about the same spot where he was in singles when he was off uh, smoking that crystal meth. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. So, oh, you know, I, I think, Isaac, we're actually in agreement that if you just look at their singles playing days, that Lindell probably had the slightly greater career Yes, absolutely. And, and, and no question, actually. I think he does. I mean, again, the only, well, I say no question, but the only thing that you can really kind of hold a light to for Agassi is, again, the fact that he did win all four Grand Slams and he's got that career super slam. So those, to me, are those two highlights that Andre has over Yvonne. But in every other category, Yvonne is like, Agassi, you better, you better, you better get off me. <laughs> <laughs> I will smack you down. Oh. So, 
so let's talk about you know some of the things they've done post playing days and right. and I think with Lindell as it relates to the game of tennis his greatest achievements have come actually in coaching um, he has really done some great things with two major players you may have heard of um, the first one is Andy Murray yes so you know he really changed Andy's career oh, yeah. because during the period of the big three, he was able to help Andy Murray win two Wimbledons. And we know broke that, that huge drought of Wimbledon <laughs> having a British men's champion. Right. He helped he coach Andy to have one U.S. Open title. Mm-hmm. He coached Andy to getting a that's where his gold Olympic singles medal <laughs> there you is. Go. Yep, yep, that's right. He coached him to number one in the world over the big three. That's right. And the other person he coached um, was Alexander Zarev. Uh, he had to get away from that when he said he couldn't get that. He couldn't get that serve in. But he did get both Murray and Zarev to both win the year in championships. That's very true. Yep, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's been putting it down as it relates to coaching because, again, it goes back to what you were saying about his discipline. I mean, he, he, that's what he built. It, that's what his foundation was built on was discipline and, and not necessarily having the raw talent, but, again, putting in the work to make the results happen. And I think that that's what he's translated to, to his pupils, at least with Andy Murray. I just think Sasha's a little hard-headed. But with Andy <laughs> Murray, he, he did the dang thing with Andy for sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, just, you know, and, and on the Andre tip, of course, he doesn't have the coaching chops, but boy, oh boy, has Andre <laughs> done some things from, from a philanthropic standpoint. I mean, the money that he has raised for the, you know, at-risk uh, kids in the, in the Vegas uh, area, I mean, in upwards of $60 million that he yeah. has, I mean, that just staggering numbers, Bryce. I mean, what he has done through... Through, through that academy and that foundation is just, it's incredible work. I mean, it's it's life-changing, which is what he has done to many upon many of lives uh, that have gone through uh, his Andre Agassi Academy. So just amazing, bro. you you got to respect that. And then something else that you can't forget about with Agassi is he usher, helped usher in a whole new crowd into tennis right yeah when he came on the scene mm-hmm. uh with his whole look and the the kind of rock and roll tennis that he was playing <laughs> right uh, you know he i mean honestly he is still probably one of the most popular uh men to have ever played the game in terms of traveling the world i mean roger and you know rafa are probably up there but Agassi is probably right behind them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would say he held that mantle until both Federer and Nadal kind of jumped on the scene and their popularity grew. And, you know, what Roger's doing with South Africa, what Nadal's doing with his academy. But, yeah, Andre's right there. I mean, I would be interested just to see the numbers, just to see how much each of them has raised. Because in truth, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I think Andre might still potentially be at the top of that list. I'm not sure, bro. Right, and then he got that whole Steffi Graf reinforcement at the crib. <laughs> exactly, Steffi like, like I, got, I got your back. I got you. Back, bro. I got you. I got you. Exactly. Well, I tell you what, this this was a lot of fun, and and you know, 
like like we said from the very beginning, these are two guys that we love and admire and are, are two of our absolute favorites. And it just, even as well as we know them, it was kind of eye-opening to see how close some of these statistics were uh, between the two of them. Uh, any final words from you, Isaac? No, man, just, just echoing what you said, it was so much fun to just kind of go back through and relive a lot of those stats. And, and, and just I was on YouTube, of course, watching a few things here and there. So just good seeing both of them playing again. And, and yeah, man, gives me motivation. I want to get back out in the courts and play now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Tell me about it. Well, to our listeners, we are going to continue trying to bring you some content. We know that the country is opening up and people are starting to get out a little bit. Uh, But we're going to still give you some stuff to listen to if you want to stay at home. Or if you're on the road, you can listen to us on the road as well. So uh, we'll be coming with a new episode next week. So make sure you keep your ears out and open for that. Until then, this is your boy Bryce. And this is your boy Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week.